Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Ann Ukenen. Hallelujah. This morning I want us to be thinking, and I, and I, talk, I touched, touched upon it on, in some of the offerings sometimes about being driven versus, be, versus being led. And, uh, and to know, once you start to know the difference, it's, it's a lot easier to notice when you shouldn't do something, you know, because, you know, when you're driven, you do something, you regret it. And you're like, why did I do that? And you didn't, you know, and then, and then being led, you're always like, this was great. I'm like, never, ever did I ever say when I've been led, wow, that turned out horribly. No, it's always, wow, that turned out so well. And, and this happened and that happened. Oh, God is so good. That's what being led does. Being driven, yeah, it's not good. Not good. Well, I mean, you know, and we, we, you know, it's okay to be driven like in a car. I'm not talking about that kind of driven. <laughs> that's fine. Be driven in someone else in the, the driver's seat. That's fine. We're talking about someone uh, forcing you to make choices that you shouldn't make. And uh, we think about like witchcraft, and everyone, like you know, when you talk about witchcraft, you're like, ooh, spooky. The movies, you know the movies that have witchcraft. And you know that, like, you know, there's potions and there's incantations and, like, you know, and they, and they say their little things and, and it, it con it's controlling, right? Those kinds of things. Ooh, spooky. You know, and, and people do it today. They do. You don't need to be afraid because it happens, but it doesn't affect us. As new creatures, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new and of God. Amen. A little, a bit of that can't touch you. A whole lot of that can't touch you. His name is higher. Amen. But there's witchcraft that creeps in different ways. And if we can start to notice it and see it and see where witchcraft controls us and makes us, uh, controls us in that kind of thing, like, you know, where unforgiveness can control us. And we heard this morning, like, when Irene said that, it controlled, it, like, it, you know, you're thinking about it and, and it's controlling how you r relate to that person and so and then also too there's like perceived that things that people are trying to do that but also too there's there's things that people do that that control or try to control but we they don't have any power over us but sometimes ignorance can lead us down a road that we should not go and so we're not ignorant of his devices or who he, what he, who he's working through. Uh, so we'll leave all that there. Let's just go. We're gonna we're gonna go be in Luke eight and Matthew twelve because we're gonna look at a situation of something happening. And now we know that Jesus led a sinless life. We've heard that this morning, and we know that otherwise we wouldn't be forgiven. But we are. So he took our sins upon him, uh, but he led us and he suffered our our punishment. And I've been talking to the, our, my students about your sin, put them to the cross. <laughs> you know, it's something that five-year-olds and six-year-olds need to be thinking about. I mean, like, it's, it's something that we need to be thinking about, but we've been delivered it from it. And he's no longer on that cross. 
he's no longer that emaciated Jesus that, that, that we like to, to hang on the cross. And, you know, he's like, you know, he's like all, you know, and he probably didn't look like that anyway because he was really beaten. And he did, he, you know, I mean, like he probably wasn't skinny. You know, it was probably other things, you know, whatever. Like, you know, pe- what people think, you know, you're like, hmm, interesting. My, my Jesus lives. My Jesus lives on the inside of me. And that's something else I talk to my students about. That now, because of what he did, he can live on the inside of us and be with us. Come to dwell, to live in us. I just love Christmas carols, how they preach the gospel. It's so wonderful. <laughs> so um, uh, I got all that, I got distracted here. God is so good. Um, Matthew 12 and 46, it's, um, let me see. It's like, where to begin? And says it says, while he yet talked to the people, this is Jesus. Jesus is doing what he does, going places, preaching, and then the, like, the crowds are coming, so they're all around. And it says, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren, his brothers stood without. They were away, and they were desiring to speak to him. And then one said unto him, hey, hey, your mother and your brother and stand over there they're without, they're, they're wanting to talk to you. And then he says, Jesus, and he stretched forth his hand, uh, hand towards his disciples and said, behold, my mother and my brethren. He's not pointing at his mother and his, and his brothers. He's pointing at the disciples. Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and mother. Ouch. That's not honoring your mother and your father. Well, obviously there was something wrong on their end to come. Have you ever had your family come to you? Hey, how come you're spending so much time at church? Hey, how come you're giving that to that person? Because they should get it. <laughs> really, 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 right? You know, if you're giving them that, why am I not getting something? But Jesus, okay, Jesus led a sinless life. We know this. So the sin was not on his side here in this situation. So I don't know. I like really, I don't know what they were like. Maybe they were like, hey, Jesus, these crowds, it's like people are getting mad. Like this crowd's here. And you know, it's like, it's inconvenient. Jesus is always inconvenient, let me tell you, because he does what he does. He does what God wants to do. And sometimes it's inconvenient to people. They don't like it. And there's always someone who won't like it. There's a family member that doesn't like your Jesus. You hear about it, don't you? You hear about it. And I'm not saying that you like, you know, we're coming with this attitude on Christmas Day to go see our family. And I'm like, you want my brothers and sisters? You want my mommy and my daddy? I got Jesus. And so I can just behave any way I want. No, that's not. We also heard about that love this morning, (laughs) that we're walking in love, that we're walking in forgiveness. That's not what we're meaning here. But Mary, um, Mary and her brothers are coming to Jesus with an agenda. They're coming because they want him to do something. Why else would they not come? They're coming in sin. So they didn't either like something 
or they want Jesus to do something else that he's other doing. We, we don't tell Jesus to do something else. We let him go about his business and do what he's supposed to do because he's what he does what the Father says he does. So he does it, so we want to do that too. So following Jesus, not our family. But it's very difficult sometimes because you do have the one that is going to flip out. You have the one that flips out. You have the family member that freaks out. Can I say something? Witchcraft. Witchcraft. I better not say this. I better not do this because I know so-and-so will do this. Because they've done it before, probably. Like, I've said something, and they flip out. They're using their anger and their poor attitude and their words that hurt you to control you. That's what they're doing. And then you make a decision to not say or do something driven. You're being driven. <laughs> being driven by either fear or what they might say. Because really, Jesus, he cares. He loves. But he wasn't going to be getting knocked off of what God the, God the Father told him to do. He wasn't going to like not follow his plan because Mary and his brothers were uncomfortable. Are you feeling released this morning? Please feel released. Feel released this morning because we're about to go into some situations that are going to be funky. But we can be like Jesus that walked through angry crowds. If Jesus can walk through an angry crowd and disciples can walk through and, and not, get, not get stones touched, well, they touched him, but under him, like Stephen's like got a bunch of stones on him and he gets up and he walks away. What's one family member, really? Really? But we want to have a fun time, a, a, a comfortable time at our family function. Well, uh, I'm going to say something that you're not going to want to hear. <laughs> God loves your family. God loves you. But he doesn't want you driven by what your family says or does. He wants you led by the Holy Spirit. But it's your choice. It's your choice. And you can have a comfortable Christmas, you can. But it means you're not going to say anything. It means you're going to deny him. It means you're going to do stuff that you don't want to do. Or you'll be screaming in your head. That's happened to me too. You know, ah, ah, <laughs> why am I saying this? Ah, you know, <laughs> dear Jesus. I, you know, like I had a family member, I did something, and a family member came to me and said, You need to promise not to do that ever again. And I'm like, First of all, what I did was not wrong. I mean, like, it was, like, really, I just got in the car and waited in the car. That's all I did. I've got to promise not to do that anymore. And I'm like, God, I'm, like, well, I'm having this conversation. I'm like, God, I can't, I can't really promise that because, honestly, I might forget. <laughs> 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 and 
And frankly, too, I was happy just waiting in the car. <laughs> I didn't care how long they took. They could have taken five, ten minutes. I was fine with that. I was ready and just waiting. It's like, you know, why would I just wait on the couch? Because if I wait on the couch, then, you know, when someone's ready, then I have to get ready again, really. Like, because you're sitting on the couch, but you're not really ready because you have to gather your things or do something, and maybe you need to go to the bathroom again, and you need to do all these things. So you're not really ready. You're just waiting on the couch. And versus waiting in the car, all my belongings are there. I'm ready to go. I can start the vehicle when you get in. Promise not to do that anymore. I'm like, like no, and I, I, I'm not going to promise that. You can say no to your family. We heard Abby say it, right? So you have permission to say no. But, uh, oh, the storm that followed when I said no. <laughs> a storm usually follows a no. We got to get comfortable. Yeah, we have got to get comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> got to get comfortable with people being upset. We, I, like, and, and I'm not, like, and I'm not saying this, like, I mean, like, you know, like, to be comfortable, you know, like, uh, we have to be okay with people being upset because the gospel, frankly, makes people upset. There's one way, and when there's a lot of other people who have their ways, they're going to be upset with the one way. We've got a lot of churches that are upset with something, and that's why we've got a lot of churches. So it's not just in our family. It's in the family too. There we go. Let's, I'm just going to, let's read this again in Luke 8. I like it in both. Matthew, I'm going the wrong way. And in Luke 8, in verse uh, 8, 19, it's, we're hearing the same situation. a long chapter and then uh in verse 8 19 it says and then it uh then came to uh his mother then came to him his mother and his brethren who could not come in for the press it was crowded lots of people and it was told unto him by a certain which said thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee they're waiting over there they want you want you to go over there and he answered them and said my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. Now, I frankly find it very interesting what Jesus was talking about before all this went down. Let's jump up a little bit to verse 10. And he said, Unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the others in parables, seeing that they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this. This is the one he's talking about, the different seeds and where they're going. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear it, and then cometh the devil and take it away, away the word out of their hearts, lest they should be believed and saved. They are on the rock, which is they, when they hear and receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while they believe, and in time they're tempted and fall away. And they which fell among the thorns are they which 
They, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which are in an honest, honest and good heart have heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. I find it so interesting. It's like, when did we let our family choke out the word? Yeah. When did we feel the need that we needed to feel obligated to our family because of blood? But they're my family. They raised me. They loved me. They gave up things for me. Well, Jesus gave his life. Did they give their life? Who's your family? Who's your family? If you're allowing family ties to drive your choices, you're not being led. And it's a, it's, a, it's a harsh word, but it's true. But the minute you decide to say, no, I'm not going to be driven by family, be ready for the freak out because it always happens. Because people are unhappy. They don't like the Jesus in you, and they don't like the Jesus-led choices. Of course they wouldn't. But I love what Irene said. We can still love them and approach them differently. But why are we allowing what might happen and how they'll respond and react affect our choices? If Jesus walked out, what, what other teaching would they have missed out of? He sat there and taught them. That was way more important than the need of his family, whatever it may have been. And the fact that their mom and, br and bro, oh, that's going to stop the meeting. Uh-uh. What has family stopped in your life? He made a sacrifice for us. Jesus did. And we can walk through life making good choices. Choices filled with his love. Filled with his goodness. Filled with his peace. Filled with his joy. That family member may, may not like for a moment. But the stand that you make on the rock will never fail. It will never fail you. And it will show your family God. It will show him that. We know that Jesus led a sinless life. There's times when we like, I don't, I don't. He spoke so rude to his mom. Go to Luke 2. Just a little bit. Obviously not, because he didn't sin. And like 2.41. Here's Jesus, juvenile. Jesus submitted to his parents. And now his parents went to Jerusalem, um, 2.41, uh, every year at the Feast of the Passover. 
That's an exciting time to celebrate what Jesus did for uh, liberating the Jews out of, out of Egypt. I bet there's times that, that Moses didn't even know how much fun it was going to be in the desert. <laughs> but they can celebrate. They get to celebrate what God did for them. Delivered them. Even when they didn't like it sometimes, but anyway. Even when they made poor choices. Even when they grumbled and complained. Now they're celebrating. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as uh, they returned, and the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. They've got like a bunch of people, right? Fa- like It's like home alone, Bible style, right? <laughs> like they count in. Kevin, you know, or, or the neighbor crawls into the, into the van. The family member counts all the heads, counts the neighbor's heads. The neighbor goes, bye, and off. And Kevin's left in bed, and they all go fly off, right? (laughs) What happened to Jesus? (laughs) But they, supposing him to have been in the company, there had to have been, like, a lot of them, because, like, you know, like, on a field trip, I'm constantly counting could have go, you know, time travel back then and say, hey, you know, you, know, you know how many are in your group? And then just keep counting. Like after you've counted, then you count again. And you start counting again. Because like the last thing you need is to have a child lost on a field trip. <laughs> Never have I ever. But I have heard of one. I know a person who lost one. <laughs> and I was glad it wasn't me. <laughs> but okay, so they saw, uh, and so then they went a day's journey. So they've been walking for quite a bit of time. And then aren't you glad for cars? And then they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. So they're like, okay, hey, where's Jesus? Ah, Kevin. And when they found him not, <laughs> they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. I'm like, also, I'm like curious, like, did they all go back? Or just like a few folk to like, you know, go faster, you know, because the caravan doesn't like travel as quickly, like. Like, I can walk through the Bronx Zoo by myself really fast, and it's super small, but with 20 kids with their backpacks dragging, it's so far. <laughs> Takes 20 minutes versus my five. <laughs> so, like, did they, like, you know, wonder. You just wonder, you know? And then, you know, like, if you've ever lost a child or something, or you can imagine, you know, the frantic, you know, ah! And then Mary's added pressure. He's the son of God. <laughs> I lost the Son of God. Ah! <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> and it's like no cell phones, no like alerts on the like, you know, like yellow alert or some kid lost or like social media. Have you seen this kid? Nothing like that. No telephones. You can't, you know, call ahead. Hey, can you check? Can you check for him? Jesus didn't sin. And when they found him not, they turned back to Jerusalem seeking him. And then it came to pass that after three days, interesting, interesting that Jesus was gone from them for for three days and the panic and darkness. And they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both both hearing them and asking them questions. And I actually like it in the Amplified. It says... um, 
And after three days, they found him and ca- uh, in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him, Jesus, were astonished and overwhelmed and bewildered and wondered at his intelligence and understanding and his replies. And then when they, Joseph and Mary, saw him, they were amazed. Wow, we found him. Like they had, like, you know, they were scouring everywhere, right? Three days, because, okay, so if it took them a day to get out, they were a day out of Jerusalem, they get back. They were looking for a long time. And I know parents that when their child's in trouble, they're not going to sleep, right? They're going to go and look. She loved him. He's gone. And his mother, his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Why have you just taken off? Made us in a panic. Ah! Why have you? Here, your father and I, father, little father, Joseph, your father and I and have been anxiously looking for you, distressed and tormented. And he said unto them, how is it that you had to look for me? Why did you have to look? Driven. By panic, anxiousness, worry. He just stopped and thought. He said to them, how is it that you had to look for me? Did you not see and know that it is necessary as a duty for me to be in my father's house and occupied about my father's business? Big F, father. But they did not comprehend what he was saying to them. So interesting forgot that Jesus had an earthly father, but he had a heavenly father too. Forgot about that father who was not worried, who knew exactly where Jesus was, who would take care of him, son of God. Yes, they had to raise him. Yes, they probably had to wipe his poopy diapers, and yes, train him to go to the bathroom and do different things like that. But r- but really, like, who told Mary and Joseph to go to Egypt? Who told them when it was safe to go back? They were led, and they fulfilled scripture. They fulfilled prophecy. Gabriel, you're going to be pregnant. Okay, sure just like you said, to this, forgetting who preserved them, who protected them, who gave them the gifts. You know, the wise men gave the gifts, but that was enough to provide for them so they could live in Egypt because a Hebrew couldn't get a job in Egypt. So they went, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a holiday, but anyway... (laughs) because we know what they say about Egypt. But <laughs> so they go there and they live there for the amount of time and they have enough money to do so with the frankincense, myrrh, gold that they have to go there. But God provided, God led, and God showed. Panic, worry, anxiety, fear, it drives. It drove them all around that city, but not to the place they needed to go. 
Are we being driven? Being led? Interesting things. And we can ask ourselves, oh, no. What am I, how am I being led? How am I being driven? Oh, no, this is not meant for you to go and, and go back and forth. This or that or the other thing is not. Because it says in Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You're his child. We heard this morning, brother of Jesus. He's our father, our heavenly father, who leads us. The Holy Spirit leads us beside still waters, leads us to green pastures. He restores our soul. We don't have to worry. We don't have to let worry drive us to make decisions, to do things. Worry that a family member will flip out. Worry that it might not go how we want to this Christmas. I just better be nice. The cross wasn't nice. But it delivered his people. And so, if he can suffer the whipping and all that, and the thorn of thorns and the scoffing, never mind all that, and the jeering, while he's yet on the cross dying for them. He says, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. The love in that. The love in that. That we can say that to our family member when we're doing something that's not going on the cross. Bless God, one time, don't need to do it. You don't need to go on the cross. You know, we carry our cross. Our burden's easy. Yoke light. Easy light. Not the kind of cross that Jesus had to carry. But surely we can bear what our family does or what our friends do or what our coworkers do and say, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I can forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. But it didn't affect the choices that Jesus made, nor should it affect your choices. So for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We should not be waffling on this statement. We are his sons. You know, and now they change all I've heard I've seen some carols changed because, you know, God forbid you're called a son and you're a woman. But anyway, <laughs> you know what? The son gets all the goods. So I'll be a son. I'll surely be a son to get the inheritance. And there's lots of inheritance to go around, so you can be a son too. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not going to dry the coffers. <laughs> like, oh, he's all out of blessings today. All out of inheritance today. Oh, the, 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 you know what? Gold streets, folks. Gold streets. I think we're, we're good. We're covered. We're covered. So he can help us this Christmas season. We're led by him so we can make choices to escape the angry mob. We can make choices. Oh, gosh, to dry, get out of a parking lot. But anyway, <laughs> bless God at Guilford yesterday. <laughs> I, just, I just got to enjoy more Christmas music. But anyway, um, 
because you're only as fast as the car that's waiting for the spot that they're never coming out of. <laughs> but I got a close spot, but anyway. Um, <laughs> led. Led. Led by him. So we don't have to worry if we're going to do or say the wrong thing. It's not the flip out on the other end that determines if you are right or wrong. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. It's not the flip out of the family member, friend, worker, whatever, that means that you are right or wrong. If you followed what God said and you did what God said or you say what God said to say, you're in the right. Oh, but like to expect, you know, to expect that, you know, what you're going to say is going to like perform a miracle every time, you know, that, that they're, you know, all of a sudden that da day they said those words, their heart was pierced, their heart grew three sizes that day. May happen, but it may not. It may not. But you're the one that has a truth, the truth that they need to hear. And you know what? Sometimes they need to be punched with it like 10 or 20 times before eventually something happens. And that's a-okay. That's a-okay. We can be released knowing that when we're led by God and doing what he says to do, that that was the thing to do. We don't have to worry on the other side. We don't. We don't have to worry about that family member. If you do this, I'm going to do this. You better do this. Otherwise, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know what? They need prayer. <laughs> they need prayer. And you need prayer for this holiday season. We'll pray. Because the most important thing is doing what God says. And we're going into places, you know, I should have got the gift, or I, this, or they gave me the gift, so that means I have to give this. Or they gave that gift over there. You know what? <sighs> Just stop. Just buy what God says to buy for who what God says to get for. And you don't need to feel guilty. Don't need to feel guilty at all. I don't need to feel guilty. <laughs> guilty. Like <laughs> if you know what? You're like, oh, that gift for so-and-so, I really, oh, I want to do that. I think that's God being leading you. You know? And then he never leads you to spend outside your pocket. So, <laughs> driven. These are things, you know. God will lead you. He gives you the resources to get you, you know, to get where you need to go, and it'll be a-okay. Still waters, green pastures. Hebrews 13 and 6, it says, So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not be uh, uh, not fear or dread or be terrified. For what can man do to me? What can my family do to me? What can my friend do to me? Oh, I mean, like honestly, though, maybe you need to like maybe get some new friends. But anyway, um, 
Let me tell you, I know who to go to ask for prayer. Let me tell you, I know who to talk to about situations. Because guess what? Pastors have situations. Never. Just so holy, super holy, floating through life. Get close to those people that don't look like they have a problem because they have problems, but the problems don't have them. Praise Jesus. I wouldn't call someone who wears their problem a good friend. Get some new friends. And it's like I used to wear my problems, but I realized I don't have to. And then I didn't. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What can man do to me? What can your coworkers do to you? Nothing. Have done, you know, but God restores. God, you know, I did not leave New York in the best situation. But now I, here I am in a place where I'm honored and respected. And people love me and genuinely care for me and speak good of me, and aren't controlling me, and are not controlling situations for my ill. Yay. Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Led versus driven. Because there was some driven being going on that got me into there. But as soon as I said I was being led, and say, God, I'm, you're leading me. He leaded me to paths to dwell in. Good path, good path, still water, green pasture. The fear of man brings a snare. This is in Proverbs 29, 25, and the Amplified Classic. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever leans on, trusts in, and puts his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. That's the truth of the matter. Not a flip out, not someone being annoyed, not someone being in the corner with you for the whole evening, you're set on high. You're safe. The safest thing you can do is obey him. I'd like to say I, you know, obeyed him every time, but I didn't. He protected me, and he preserved me. But... I don't want to walk the path that Pastor Gwen showed last Sunday with all the dips and valleys and, and going in the, the rickety bridge and that when I could just go straight the first time. Thank you, Jesus. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight and understanding. They didn't understand when Jesus spoke to them at 12, didn't understand that he needed to be about his father's business. Not Joseph, but his heavenly father. It was his heavenly father that was going to get him ready for what needed to take place. And then we have this place where there had to be a, a handoff, so to speak, from a natural father to the heavenly father. Because the natural father protected him and took care of him, but could not help him in his task that he needed to do. He took care of him, loved him. We need our earthly fathers. They're so important. 
but we also need our Heavenly Father. And the words of our earthly father can be good, but sometimes they're not. And we need to be okay that we say no to some of the words that our parents said. And it's okay, and you're not dishonoring them. Because the best thing you can do is honor our Heavenly Father, and He will help you, and He will protect you, and He will keep you safe. And it's better to have your dad be your brother. Hear me. It's better for your dad or your mother to be your brother and sister in the Lord than to be your mom and dad. That's important. Because the relationship is so much more fulfilling. And in the meantime, there's other brothers and sisters here that can be good friends, can be good family. And when Pastor Gwen talked about being sorrowful because certain people aren't here, maybe because they died, maybe because of the choices they made, maybe because of the choices you made, you're not alone. You're not alone. If you want to be, you can sit in this room and be alone. You can. Or you could come up and not be alone. What truth are you going to believe? God will help you. He's your protector. He's doing it all the time. He's not just doing it at Christmas. Because there's also other family functions in the summer when they have their summer we have a family reunion every Sunday. Amen. And it's so much better. And so don't let one that happens every one, five, ten years cause you any trouble when there's a lot of Sundays between here and that next one. God is good. He's going to keep us safe. He's going to protect us. He's going to lead us. Don't be driven. Don't be afraid to say no. But also, too, don't be afraid to say yes. He's good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are our exceedingly great reward. I thank you, Lord, that you are our family, that we're, we have a good heavenly Father. And I thank you, Father, that you're helping us to see that we can say no that we'll notice when we're being driven to make decisions versus being led by you. And I thank you, Lord, that we make good decisions, that we're, we're your sons and daughters, and we're led. We're led by you. And we can know and trust that just as you're looking down upon us and just as you look down upon Jesus in the temple, that we're not lost, we're not in the wrong place, but you picked us up and put us on the right path. And I thank you, Lord, that you're helping us to have good relationships with the people around us, with our brothers and sisters in the Lord and our families, our, our earthly families and our friends and our coworkers. 
I thank you that you have ideas to make the relationships work. And I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to compromise. But we can stand on your word. We can stand on your principles. And rocks cannot hurt us. And words cannot hurt us. But I thank you that you have made us whole, that you have healed us, that you sent your word and healed our bodies, that you sent your word and healed our minds, that you sent your word and you healed our emotions, that we're not driven by our emotions, but we're led by you. And I thank you, Lord, that we don't fear man, but we follow after you. And I thank you that there's people in here that have been deeply wounded by a reaction from family members and you did nothing wrong you didn't do the wrong thing but you've been saying in your heart oh I, I must have did something wrong I must have did something wrong you didn't you didn't do anything wrong so I thank you Lord Holy Spirit for your peace for your comfort and your joy I thank you, Lord, that you're helping us to relate better to others. That you anoint our conversation. And it doesn't matter what's happening on the other side. But we are released to obey you. And I thank you, Lord, that forgiveness flows from your people. We're forgiving them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. And I thank you, Lord, for the words that bring light and life to them so that one day the light is on and they know too. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you're at work in your people. You're at work in your people. Oh, you're at work in your people that were led, led by you. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at